Okay, so on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Chips. Coach Chips, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Coach. Good to be back. Yeah, I feel like we text and talk pretty often, and I feel like we get along well. And I was, I thought to myself, I want some some BU football history on the podcast, and then and just some Coach Chips wisdom on the podcast today. I don't know how much wisdom I have, but uh, I know a little bit about the history of a can of football since I lived about half of it. So really, about half of it? Uh, not half of it, but you know what I'm saying. I've yeah, been, been around since 1958 when I was born. So. And grew up, of course, always been to Buchanan, went to the mm. games ever since I was old enough to remember. My dad mm. was dragging me along. He was a big man of the Boosters, president of the Boosters Club, treasurer for years, and hmm. helped build a football shack, as a matter of fact. They, it's like with his own hands he helped Well, the, build the Boosters it. actually built it by hand. That was all volunteer labor. They, the football team came in and carried the blocks for them, mixed the mortar, and the Boosters oh actually laid the blocks down there in the building where the middle school dresses now. Oh, my gosh, Coach. So it was a, it was a hey, we need something. Let's well, just go do it. And the reason it's called the shack is if you look in there on the floor, you can see the fountain, the, the original floor. There was a tractor shed uh, that they actually dressed in. A That's tractor a, shed? A tractor shed. It's like where they stored the mower. They pulled the mower out during football season and left it outside. Oh, my God. And that's where they dressed. So this, you went to the, the old high school down where the middle school is now yes, that used to be the high school right? last class to graduate from there in 1977 1977 first class to graduate from here was 78 mm. Mm. who were your coaches during your time as a player mine were granville zop okay. i played for coach zop he was it was his second tenure here you know after the mm. he won the championship in 1963 mm. and uh had a little falling out with the board over money and mm -hmm. uh Came back after they had fired uh, Coach Paul Taylor in 72. Mm. They'd gotten rid of Coach Taylor. And uh, expectations were high. And uh, he mm. came back and immediately started winning ball games again. And mm. his second season here, they were undefeated whenever to play Fairmont West undefeated. Babe Stingo was the quarterback at Fairmont West, famous Babe Stingo. He was a mm. referee for years and years. But he ended up, I think, going to some big school as a quarterback. I can't remember which one, but he was a heck oh, of a geez. quarterback. And uh, the ball game was very controversial. Uh, Buchanan lost, I think, late by a, like six points mm. and knocked him out of the playoffs. Back then, only four teams went to the playoffs. That is crazy. So only four. Only four teams. He went straight to the semifinals. In each classification. Each classification. Were there yes. still three back then? Three. Okay, three. Yeah, okay. There were still three. Buchanan was, uh, the whole conference was the Big Ten was all AAA. Every mm. school in it was a AAA school. Mm-hmm. That's, and uh, that's awesome. they, uh, matter of fact, there were some officials actually got suspended over that game because of the calls that were made and, mm. and some other stuff. So, but uh, make a long story short, Kurzawa brought the program back. Then after that, ten and 0, 10 and 0, losses in semifinals to Parkersburg mm. and Bluefield. Then my senior season, we were seven and three, didn't make playoffs because it's seven and three. At seven and three, no playoffs. That's oh, rough. And that was a losing season, Buchanan, back then. We literally we lost our first regular season game. Uh, we were number one ranked team in the state going in, I think, to Fairmont Senior, Fairmont West. Mm -hmm. We called them back in. And uh, triple overtime rained for a week. We played over at Rossfield. I mean, mud was ankle deep. Mm. Uh, third overtime, our cornerback just fell in the mud, just slipped. Mm -hmm. And they got around the end, scored the winning touchdown, one six nothing. Mm. Man, so and you were t telling me this the other day that BU used to play at Wesleyan. Played at Wesleyan's Field. Wesleyan had lights and the bleachers. Probably, it probably seated five thousand. Kind of, it was a big. Were there 
Bleachers on both sides back there? On both sides. Oh, so the bleachers okay. On the other side went the whole length of the field. Oh my gosh. Probably about ten rows high. Jeez. And then the home side was bigger than it is now. Mm-hmm. They were never. They were temporary bleachers, and they were over there for years and years. Okay. They were supposed to when they built the gym, they were supposed to be brick. Uh, in the original plan, two-sided press box in the back wall of the gym, then uh, brick bleachers coming down and been beautiful if they'd ever built it with tunnels coming out from underneath where the dress rooms were. Hmm. It does not look like that today for people who've never been there. No, it does not. <laughs> at least there's turf now, I guess. Yes, yes. And well, at that time, it was a beautiful grass field and probably one of the best in the state. It drained very, very well. Oh, okay. The community put a lot of effort into it. And then you, speaking of fields... You helped raise the money for the turf field here. Code Zop, myself, my first year coaching here, Code Zop came back and kind of just mentored me a little bit the first week or so. Just sure, a little yeah. Bit, you know, some wisdom. And Coach Marsh, also, he was assistant mm-hmm. coach. Coach Marsh coached football, too. Yes, he did. So he's, He was okay. a very, very good football coach. He was a line coach. Okay. He was actually head coach one year <clears throat> on the interim basis. Really? There. I did not know that. Yes, back in uh, – I'm not sure what year. It probably been early '80s. Okay. Early '80s. Okay. And uh, but uh, Zop and I were talking one day. I went out to mow. hadn't hadn't rained for two weeks, and went out to mow the game field, and the mower hung up in the end zone. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of a swamp. It was. Oh my gosh. It was it was really bad shape, and uh, lots of grass. Of course, mm-hmm. grass grew very well in wet conditions. Oh sure, yeah. And field would not drain. They'd put dirt, sand. They'd done everything they could possibly do to it. Couldn't figure out why it wouldn't drain because there was supposed to be a drainage system under it. Mm. Well, we found out later. We got a committee together. Well, Kozop stopped over to his old friend's son, Mm. uh, John Kreitz, who lived over and basically owned the forest all around Blackwater Falls, big timber company. Oh, oh, geez. Okay, his dad, Red Freelkreitz, who the stadium's named after, uh, okay. was <clears throat> board president, had coached here, mm-hmm. and was a big supporter of football. I mm. mean, he could, he gave us a pregame talk before every game until he died one day in 1975, had a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, we were Paul Bears at funeral, the whole team, you know, that type of stuff. That's how big he was in football. Mm. He... Uh, he gave us $400,000. His sister gave us another $50,000. So right there was $450,000. You mean you just walked up and he wrote a check? Basically, well, there was a, some, you know, things attached to <laughs> sure, it. Sure, right, yeah, Basically, that's what it was. Coach wow. Zoppin talked to him. So that got us started. So we got the committee together. Coach Marsh, Mel Heger, uh, John Jenkins, uh, Jim Gregory, myself, uh, mm-hmm. other businessmen around town. You know, pictures on the wall down there, to, mm-hmm. you know, to name a few. Uh, Tim Kelly. You name it, it was just a mixture of people. We got together. I went out to Lowe's and filled out an application, and we got a call back. Mel got a call back that Lowe's had never really given anything in West Virginia, so they gave us 100000 Oh, my goodness. So right there, we had $550,000 right to start the project, which wasn't mm-hmm. bad. And what year was this, Coach? 2007. 2007, okay. It started in 2006. but mm-hmm. So within nine months, we'd raised almost a million dollars. Oh, my gosh. So it was completely paid for. Mm-hmm. The turf was installed. They finished installing the week of the first game. We played Bridgeport. We opened up with Bridgeport on it. Mm. So, 
So is it the same design as it is today? Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. much. We didn't have the alternating green, you know, lighter green, darker green. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty much the same design, yes. Mm -hmm. I was talking to the AB. I wanted a blue turf, but they wouldn't go for it. They wouldn't go for that. No Smurf turf. No Smurf turf. I thought oh, it would be pretty that, would be, that would be sweet. I was talking to AB head coach, and he said that if you alternate it, the lighter stuff actually degrades faster. So I hope that's not the case for us because I've heard he told me that the other day. I don't know if field turf has that problem. Uh, I know some of the progress, some of the other stuff we looked at. Oh, okay. We looked at all three type, the three main types at the time. And, I got you. Excuse me. We went with progress because of, well, for one, West Virginia was using it, Ohio State was using it. It was the best. I mean, it, if you looked at the, at the progress mm. at the time, it was a lot shorter, a lot thinner. You could literally go on the field and just grab some fibers and pick it up like a rug. Oh, even with the fill in it, you can't do that to ours. Ours has yeah. over almost two inches of fill. Yeah, that's beautiful turf. I mean, I we when I moved to West Virginia, we played Capital at Laidley, and that that was before they redid the turf. That stuff was awful. You played on porch grass back then, Coach. I, I remember picking up. This was 2017. I was picking up the hashes before the game. I was thinking to myself, a Division two football team plays on on this stuff. So you get that done. I mean, that must feel like such a big accomplishment to get that. It is. It was. Completed. It was a big accomplishment. Uh, we brought back for that opening game. The place was packed. Uh, we brought back all kinds of, you know, old teams, old mm -hmm. dignitaries, introduced the people that helped with the turf. And mm. uh, it was in the naming of the field, of course, was that night. You know, it was named for Oregon Kite Stadium. We redid the front of the stadium a little bit and put mm -hmm. the name up and all that. Mm -hmm. But it, it was a big deal. It, it was a quite an accomplishment. It made that field literally usable year round. Mm. And it made it usable for all sports. I know baseball can go over there and practice on it, all the, the whole nine yards. It's, mm -hmm. it, it was an asset for everybody, including the PE department, mm -hmm. or the band, anybody. You know, mm -hmm. now they can use a field. And if snow gets on it, if you want to, you can just uh, you can just plow it off. You just mm -hmm. uh, put a little uh, yeah, a little piece of uh, plastic pipe on the bottom of your snow blade, and you can just literally plow it off if mm -hmm. you want to, or brush it off. Heck yeah. So Coach Zop, is he still living, Coach? Coach is still alive. He's 85, 86 now probably. Oh, my goodness. I, t I haven't talked to him for a few months, but uh, okay. I stayed in touch with him. That's awesome. I I connected with his son a while back because yeah, Coach Zop wasn't Which one was that, Todd or Cam? Oh, or Coach, I don't remember. I just remember the last name was Zop. And yeah, he had one over at Elkins named Bart, too. Oh, his okay. Son, it was talking about that. Bart, yeah. Bart's son played over Dawkins. Okay. Yeah, and I was we were at the Athletic Hall of Fame uh, induction, and guys were telling Coach Zop stories. And I just thought it was so cool that oh. all these years, you know, still people are still talking about him. Well, Canton, of course, had an early history, if you notice, on the wall down there in the 20s. Yeah, so what, several states. that is crazy. Those pictures are down there, by the way. That's really cool. Yeah, then you have – there was a law between, like, 20s up to – Mid fifties. Okay. Started to get a little better in the sixties. Along came Code Zop. Mm -hmm. Okay, in the early sixties, mm -hmm. and he took the program within three years to a state championship. I mean, mm -hmm. they were undefeated. What a powerhouse they were! Mm -hmm. uh, if you ever get over to Coach Gregory's man room, you can see the uh, scoreboard sign. They beat Chinston ninety to nothing. Yeah, I saw that score in the weight yeah, room well, on the first days yeah, I was yeah, in there. There's, there's still people mad in Chinston about that one, but <laughs> oh my gosh, story about that one. But. Uh, you could, you could all make a whole podcast about that game, actually. Oh, man. But the uh, – and actually, I was at that game. I was a kid. I was just a little kid. I mm. barely, barely remember it. Mm. And uh, 
it was it was it was something. Mm. It was something. But uh, Coach Zopp took the team back to '63, and then controversy he you know, fell off. He was probably the one they ran the T, but he's the one that actually made the T kind of famous here in Buchanan. Right, that was his offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after he left, Mike Michael came in. Three mm-hmm. years later, he won another state championship mm-hmm. in 1966. And mm-hmm. both of them were loaded. Uh, Coach Zopp had. Uh, Bill Mackey, a running back, mm-hmm. and he had well, he had a lot of other guys. He had Stan Boyles, he had Larry Mackey, he had mm-hmm. all of these guys. It, the team was loaded; it really was. It mm-hmm. was a very, very accomplished, very athletic team. These guys were, mm-hmm. you guys were mean. I mean, they were mean. They hit, they mm-hmm. they, they ran, but Billy Mackey was a Division One running back mm-hmm. and uh, set all kinds of records here and all that. And most of those lasted until 1966 when Mike Gillespie came. He was another. Mm-hmm. He, Billy was a high school All-American, um, and Mike Gillespie came along and he broke most of those records. He was also a high school All-American, went to mm. WVU. Oh, wow. And uh, they uh, they actually had got the, the 63 team was declared state champions back in those days. Oh, uh, okay. They, the, new, the media said, hey, look, you know, you're state champions. Uh, There's nobody's going to touch you. Okay. But uh, 66 actually played for a state championship. They had they won the game. They mm. convincingly mm-hmm. uh, won the game. I can't remember. That's pretty sad. I can't remember who they beat. But anyway, it was uh, – it was pretty. It was a very impressive team. They were huge. Uh, Coach Michaels was the ultimate motivator. He was the mm-hmm. guy that would tell the press, you know, that uh, oh, we don't stand a chance. You know, this team's so good. It sounds like and, Lou Holtz. And, oh yeah, basically that's what he was. But, <laughs> yeah. But his teams were so fired up. You know, he'd do stuff. He'd you know send them black roses. You know, that back in those days, kids ate that up. And today it's like, oh, Coach probably said that. Yeah. Back then, you know, he'd he'd even go as far as spray paint the shack. You know, just to you know, get him fired up. Oh wow! No, he was a motivator. He really was. Yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, he left after three years, went on to Ohio and some other stuff. Okay. And ironically, in 1975, now Mike Michael did not play here, but Coach Mike Michael, uh, who was his son, came back and was assistant coach with Mike Gillespie. They both came in together uh, okay. during my junior season. Mm. So I got to play for Gipper as a coach and Coach mm. Michael as a coach. Mm. And then when uh, Coach Zop left, Coach Michael took over mm. and was here for several years. Mm. Had some playoff teams and stuff. Yeah, that's man. The history is so cool. And he also ran a straight tee. That's right. That's right. And we're we're going to run the tee here. Coach again Michael here. ran a straight tee. His dad was <laughs> ran a straight tee as well. And it's coming back in 2020. So basically, from the 60s, yeah, clear up to the mid 80s, well, to the 90s, McCann ran a straight tee. Mm. And had a lot of success with it. Mm. Yeah, and then we're bringing it back, Coach. That's what I understand. That's Power good. T football. That's good. Power T football. And you got a cool. We got we got some nice shirts made. Shout out to Top Line, Christy well, Tinney. Saturday. Got a lot of compliments on. Everybody wants one. Oh, I, I said, bet they coach. do. Yeah, I said, guys, you got to got to earn it. Yeah, I know who it is. You got to know somebody. You know. That's right. Um, but yeah, Top Line hooked us up. Uh, Miss Tinney and. Uh, they're that's a great company. They do a great job. We have a bunch of those in, in town here, which is cool. We can use local people for things like t-shirts because in Charleston, there's nobody yeah. when I was down there. On Point Athletics is what we did. Chad yep. Marsh is who I used down there. Is that who made your shirts? Uh, let's see. Christy Tenney made Christy the Power, Tenney made made the power T ones, but yeah. then we are doing a player pack and On Point's doing those. Yeah. And then we did a fundraiser through Casey Earl. So we're trying to hit all of them and make everybody do, some money. I try to do that too. It's, it's not always easy, but... Yeah, because you feel like if you just use one that you're you're shorting somebody, somebody who's a good person and you're, man, I want to help everybody that, right. you know, with our football program in that, in that realm. So it's really interesting. When I, when I first got here, I went down in the, in the 
new shack, I guess what they call the new weight rumor. Mm-hmm. And I saw all the history and I immediately thought this is unique because I've been in a couple different programs. I've never seen something like this. So the history here is something that's very important. The man who actually is responsible for those pictures, all that stuff, was an assistant coach of mine by the name of uh, Matt Gillespie. Matt Gillespie, okay. Matt works over in Lewis County now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt is the one who actually wrote a book at one time and published it over the history of a can of football. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's got all the statistics year to year. He had actually oh, gone wow. back, researched it, collected mm-hmm. it. And I think he's kept it up to date, but he hasn't published a new book yet. And, mm-hmm. uh, but he basically literally found every just about every article he could he missed a, there was a few missing he couldn't get from the early days mm. but he had the stats for every single season pictures the whole nine yards he did an amazing job that's still it's in it's down there i've seen it mm-hmm. uh i need to pick it up and just read it it's it's just basically you know, game by game statistics and stuff yeah if you look at the 60s and 70s and you know mm-hmm. it was a we were literally a dynasty and Sure. Year yeah. in, year out, we were ranked top 10, usually mm. number one in the state. Mm. Played a strong tri- AAA schedule, opened up with Morgantown every mm. year, mm. Uh, and usually beat them. I mm. mean, it was usually a ball game, but usually beat them. Then uh, we didn't have university. University was a double A at the time. Really? Yes, they were not a AAA school back then. They were a small double wow. A, just a doorstep. As a matter of fact, John Kelly has coached up there for years. He was coaching there when they were double A. It was Jeez. about 85, uh, I mean, about 95 when they made that redistricting. And, oh, and they okay. Triple A high school. Triple A. And they yeah. used to play the Mohawk Bowl at uh, Mountaineer Field, right? They did for a while, but wow. usually it was at, they both played at, at the high school field in Morgantown. That was both their home field. Oh, the I did not did realize not have that. They a stadium okay. until they built a new school. Oh, wow. They shared a stadium, which Man. is ironic because my wife's great grandfather, Tony Petro, mm-hmm. who had the castle up in Morgantown, the mm. construction guy built that stadium. Coach, you're connected to everybody. Is oh, what, I, what I'm starting to learn. You know what I mean? Virginia, you got to be you know, related to half the county and half of Webster County, I think, too. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. You know, you, and you talk, you talk about your, your playing career. You talk about your coaches. What are some things you remember being a player kind of growing up in the golden era, so to speak, of BU football? And what makes me think of that is I have this book right here. I'm going to give this to you, Coach. Chasing the Bear. Yes, I wanted to read that. And it's it's a history of Alabama football, Bear Bryant, Nick Saban. And there's players' accounts of Bear Bryant practices and things of that nature. What are some things you remember about practice as a, as a player? Well, Coach Zob was ahead of its time as far as conditioning and mm. off-season training. We were probably one of the only schools that had an off-season weight program. And with Coach Zob, if you didn't show up for weightlifting, I mean – you were you were dead meat. That's just the way it was. You had, pack a, it up. you had a fear. I still have a fear of the man, even though he's one of the nicest men you'd ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. I still have a deep respect and a deep fear. If he says something, you jump. I mean, that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. He uh, he expected he had expectations. He put them here. He put them high, mm-hmm. and you had to live up to them. And mm-hmm. uh, you were in the weight room constantly. We were we weren't a big team. We were small. We were quick. We were fast. We were just so much better shape and so better conditioned and mm-hmm. so much stronger physically than the mm-hmm. teams we played mm-hmm. until we ran into a team like Parkersburg, who was also big, fast, and strong and had a mm-hmm. weight program. Mm-hmm. And we struggled with big, fast, and strong because we were small, fast, and strong. Mm-hmm. But uh, And the same thing happened. And we played a Bluefield team my junior year that we probably should have beaten in the playoffs. But, you, Coach, did you ever have a game where 
no matter what you did was right, was good for the other team. Yeah. It just, yeah. you know, make a goal line stand on fourth and that mm. far, get mm. the guy to fumble, the ball pops over the end zone, and the tackle stand there and just catches, their tackle catches the ball. So, yeah. Yeah. It just Jeez. nuts stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And uh, so just like that. But as far as things I remember, practice, well, Code's op story, took his players up to Selbysville in the 60s, mm. 4-H camp, mm. for two weeks. It's they, like Junction Boys. Junction Boys, exactly. And you know, nobody would quit or leave during the day, but I guess if you were quitting, you walked the railroad tracks back to McCann and home. Oh, my gosh. And hoped that your parents didn't bring you back. Yeah, and, right. And make you stick it out. I guess it was rough. Mm-hmm. I guess they, they it was it was hard. Mm-hmm. Thus the rule, you can't go up and have camps at other places. That's, yeah. that's another co- thing that up. <laughs> he, he did some innovative things that ended up being rules you can't do anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The biggest thing I remember, as I told you before, I didn't really scrimmage against our JVs that much. Yeah, yeah. He would bring two days a week. He would bring those guys from those 66 and 63 teams hmm. back, dress them. We had enough equipment. He would just dress them. They, they kept equipment down there in their own lockers in the back room back there. And uh, hmm. they would uh, – that's who we scrimmaged against. We didn't scrimmage against uh, high school kids in our second team. We scrimmaged against growing men, former All-Staters, you know, guys that, you know, were – They'd take off work to come and practice against us. Man, it was, yeah, it was it was a battle. I mean, it wow, you got beat on, you know. You, yeah, you uh, yeah. you learned how to you learned how to wham block. You learned how to kick block because well, Coach Michael's address, you know, the, mm-hmm. he was you know right out of WVU, you know, mm-hmm. starting defensive back up there. He'd go into a defensive end, and I'd have to block him, and it was like, good lord. Coach, a grown dude, man trying I'm to I'm telling you what, they were pounding on us. <laughs> there was no mercy. And Coach Zop didn't want them to have. So, you know, we had to execute. That's just the way it was. The easiest thing we did when I played high school ball was play a game. Mm. He started practice out. He didn't think we were stretching properly. So he started out with time 440s on the old cinder track. Oh, my God. Then we stretched. I mean, wow. we're talking you had – if you were running back, you had 65 seconds to do a 440. You didn't make it. You kept running until you made it. In pads. In pads. Jeez, Coach. Uh, Coach Op didn't give us water breaks. Uh, mm. Gave us salt pills. Didn't that was that. a typical thing back back yes. then. Yes. Well, I remember we, we took great pride in the fact that we didn't even have water on the sidelines during a game. It didn't matter how hot it was. Oh, my gosh. And we, we could go to a water fountain if there was one at halftime. You know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a ball game, but uh, now Morgantown, we used to laugh at Morgantown because they'd be sucking up water and all this stuff, and we just, hey, hey, hey never mind. But mm-hmm. we were in just such good shape, so he used to the heat. Mm-hmm. We didn't really need it. I mean, that was that was easy for us. A game was less than a practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually finished practice with either fourteen forties or an aerobic mile, where you know you mm-hmm. had to. Uh, it basically you run four. Three sixties. Then he cut it down okay. to three sixty. But you, you had to make each one. You ran five of them. And you had to meet each, each one. Say under, if you're a running back, it was usually around 50, 55 seconds. Mm. It was a spread. You had to even get close. Gee, and the whole team ran. If you did not, somebody did not make it. It mm. wasn't an individual ran. The whole team ran it. Oh my gosh, it's so interesting too. Was there was there air conditioning back then? No, so people were way more used to well, the heat. Kids worked in the hayfields, you know, and we worked in the hayfields. We worked, you know, we had jobs. I mean, mm-hmm. in the summertime, whether it was, you know, working. Well, I'm not Dink Wright guy played from his family was uh, loggers. It was like 17 kids in his family. They just they took this wrap chains around logs, and the boys pulled them out of the woods. 
you know, mm. it's grabbed a hold of it. You know, they were just big old strong country boys. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of the kids were. Mm. So heat was really not even an issue back then. Yeah, because you're used to being it all day. And two a days, oh, literally. Codes up, codes up practices weren't two hours. Mm. You know, uh, they'd maybe schedule for two hours, but if you were off the field in three, you were lucky. Mm. And we'd start practice at 2.30, and there'd be some days we'd be still be practicing at 6.15. Oh, wow. So we back then, the eighth period, if you were an athlete, you didn't have to take P.E. You were given a okay. P.E. credit for being a varsity athlete. Oh, uh, that's nice. And most of us took P.E. anyway because we loved it. Sure. You got to play floorball. Right. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, they, uh, we got it. So if you, if you were an athlete, you had a 2.30 dismissal, and that's uh, when practice started. Okay. So if you played football, basketball, whatever, practices started at 2.30, and you went from mm. there. Where did y'all, did y'all practice down where the middle school? Where we are now, yeah. Now, okay. That's why we, in 2006, we renamed the field after Code Zop had a little ceremony. It's Scramble Zop Field down there. We okay. played down there until they put the turf in, the middle school. Okay. I had built I had built bleachers. We had lights put up, and we'd raised the money for that. I raised the money for that. And mm-hmm. Matt Gillespie, myself, Jim Gregory, uh, mm-hmm. Russ Warner, who was a uh, – trainer and athletic director at the time helped us with that and mm. uh came up and got the the lights that are down there we actually had concrete bleachers over on the other side and mm. they tore them down i still haven't figured out why that one when they built the stadium up here the board came in and tore them down all they had to do was place the wood on them mm. but, you know, the foundations were good but uh mm-hmm. i guess it was easier to take a backhoe and bulldoze them than it was to replace the wood <laughs> yeah. a little bitter on that one oh i, I could tell coach it still stings yeah. you, got, you got that put up uh so in the middle school what's for people who don't know, the middle school, which you were the head coach of, plays up here on the – we all play together on the same field. And that's really cool. That's really a good deal for us, I think. I was part of the – when the turf was put in, the committee wanted to make sure that access to it was granted. Uh, contract actually reads that no sport can supersede football on the field mm. because it was basically done by the football boosters. Right. Uh, but they wanted to make it available for all sports. Mm. Uh and so that's the soccer lines, lacrosse lines was added this last time. We mm-hmm. didn't put them on. We didn't have lacrosse when we right. did the turf for the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. And we wanted to make it available. You know, of course, youth football, all mm-hmm. that stuff used yeah. it as well. So mm-hmm. we, it went, we wanted to make it a community thing. We sure. wanted not just use the high school football team, everybody to use it. Yeah, yeah. At the time. So, Coach, talk about your upcoming season a little bit. What are your expectations for the for the Bucks? Well, uh, New co- new members in the conference. We picked up two new teams. Really? Who are they? I don't know. Uh, we picked up Tucker Valley and uh, – shoot, you asked me too quick. <laughs> I love it when that happens. Oh, Fairmont East. Oh, good. Fairmont okay. East. Fairmont okay. East is coming in, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different format. We will play eight conference games, Okay. and the top two teams in the conference will – go to the championship game nice because in middle middle school you're allowed to play eight games but if you're in a conference you're allowed to play one extra championship game Mm. but you have nine weeks to play nine games there's no open weeks yeah you're going yeah you're going so Mm. once we start we'll have eight straight games then Mm. and that's why covid really hurt us two years ago with dottery and that bunch Mm -hmm. we had a really good team probably a a championship team for that conference Mm -hmm. and uh we gotta play two games Mm. didn't get a shot at the championship game because it wasn't necessarily that we had COVID, but every team seems like every team, oh, you, know, you know how that works. Every yeah. team we went to play because we were huge. And oh, we have COVID. I yeah. want to play. I don't you, want to play you guys. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it just ran out of. We couldn't reschedule anything. I mean, if kids, those kids worked so hard in practice for mm. that time, and nothing. I mean, they looked forward to coming to practice because they had nothing else. They weren't in school. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, most of them, you know, were staying at home learning, but man, they came to football practice and they loved it. Man, yeah. they got the freedom, got to take a mask off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so you guys, you're looking forward, you're looking forward to this year. What who do your people you you play on your schedule for people that don't that don't know? People don't know. Well, we play of course we play Philippi. You guys Philippi. have them. We yeah. play pick up East for the first time in a few years this year, but we play uh uh, Liberty, uh, WI, which yeah. is uh, okay. RCB's feeder. We mm-hmm. play uh, Lincoln, which is Lincoln's feeder. We right. play uh, uh, Taylor County. We play mm-hmm. Elkins. Uh, we play uh, well, Tucker County. We'll have we won't have we won't have two of the teams on the schedule because there's ten. And oh, okay. Like, yeah, we you. set up like a round robin type thing. Oh, and, that's cool. And so our schedule will change every year from now on. We'll add a team oh, we didn't nice. play the year. Well, every two years it'll change. Okay. We'll play home and away, then rotate the schedule every two years. Okay. Okay. What is your, what does a practice look like? For middle school? For middle school. Yeah. What does that look like? Well, we, we run a pretty organized practice. We start right at 345, a stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, we go to, we call it our individual session. We start every day with starts, pulls, mm-hmm. uh, just footwork, mm-hmm. agilities, things like that. Then to ball handling, uh, mm. I make a point of every day doing a ball handling drill. Sure. Uh, early season practice, when we're in shorts and pads, we're going to work a lot on how to carry a football, how to take a handoff, yeah, yeah, just yeah. fundamental stuff, mm. uh, how to take a snap. Every we make our we have a little session before where the coaches go out and quarterbacks throw, take snaps from centers, uh, mm-hmm. receivers run patterns, mm. linemen go down, we make them go down, work on a sled a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. some stuff like that. Then. Uh, our next, then we start with our, uh, usually, whether it's offensive or defensive day, mm-hmm. we'll take our defensive backs, work on Indy, work on basic drills, you know, drops, uh, mm-hmm. since we're pretty much a zone team. Mm-hmm. Hard to get a kid until they actually grab the concept to stay in the middle of the zone and break on the ball instead of wanting to lock on a man and go and clear out to the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Leaving that middle of that, or that seam open. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so... Mm. We work on that. We do a lot of 15-yard drills. We do a lot of, you know, breaking on the ball type drills, mm-hmm. uh, footwork. Uh, Coach Eddie Vincent's come down and really helped mm-hmm. us with that one. And uh, Coach Gregory usually have linebackers at that point doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, Coach McCord, who's going to be up with you, I guess, this year. And uh, he he would take the linemen, go mm-hmm. through the drills there. And I would just kind of rotate around at that point and go, mm-hmm. since Eddie had, doesn't have his shoulders anymore i had to go throw football for him he can't throw a football anymore oh not hardly really he's he's benched up like stuff but he's got a shoulder that he just can't really throw a football he'd never tell me that of course because he's like i'm i'm tough i'm not gonna tell you i'm hurting (laughs) now i know though (laughs) i'm gonna throw a ball one day and ask him to throw it back and see what he does oh he'll he'll throw it but it's like it ain't pretty Mm -hmm. but uh no, we no. That's basically practice. We'll after we finish up the Andy session, we'll probably mm-hmm. come together, do team. We we run a lot of plays on. I call plays on tires. Okay. Uh, okay. I like to use a tire because it's about the size of a guy's butt. Yeah, that's true. That's you so know, true. That's yeah. Code Zop. That's where I picked that one up. Some Code Zop. Okay. We always ran plays on tires, and mm. if you think about it, if you look at a guy's stance and what is a thirteen inch tire to a fifteen inch, seventeen inch tire, you know. You can get pretty much tackles, guards, all mm-hmm. get your splits. That's how we teach our backs to hit the holes. Man, that's good stuff. And, you know, like on, if we're running, sometimes like if we're running a double team, I'll slide the tight end down to make it look like a double team so those guys get used to mm. running you know, right off that guy's hip because that's our aiming point is the yeah. hip on there. I heard at the athletic banquet 
at the athletic bank with a hall of fame induction dinner guys talking about plays on tires with coach Zop for hours. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, not, maybe not hours, but an hour at least. 40, it, usually it's 40, 45 minutes. We went through every single play. And if you did not run it right, you ran it till it was right. Of course. From the fakes and everything like that. Coach Zop did, wasn't one of these five minute guys, you know, five minute segment guys. Hmm. Coach Zop, you know, I've kind of used that philosophy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't stop until you got it right. Sure. You know, he, he believed in teaching it. And if it, he wouldn't go on mm. and add stuff until you had mm-hmm. what you had down, mm. basically. And, you know, everybody said, oh, the offense, this. We probably ran, even though we had more plays than that, if we ran eight different plays in a game, mm. it would be unusual. Yeah, there was a study done. I, somebody told me this, that if you don't run a play, oh, gosh, they gave a number. But between four to five times in a game, it's not even worth having it because you don't use it enough and that that goes to your point of mm-hmm. I mean, how many plays do we really call in a game yep. you know now you, you need some special ones obviously for different situations oh, sure you have a play call list sure but you know for us i can tell you right now am i calling the game i will call 32 and 33 wham which mm-hmm. is basically a fullback uh power play mm-hmm. i will call our dives you know fullback or halfback dives i will call our cross bucks mm-hmm. our dogs or a sweep and maybe, you know, of course, a few pass plays, you know, if we need them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I'll call. Mm. That's all we really need. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there. But if you if you think about it, each play is two plays because you can run them either direction. Right. That's true. You're running right, left, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, see, so those are basically, you know, maybe 10 plays that mm-hmm. we run in a game. If we, I'll be honest with you, coach, if we're dominating a team on the ground, you know, I'm kind of the old school philosophy is some people want to throw more. Well, if you're getting eight yards of carry, why would you throw the ball? Yeah, I think the same way. You know, I mean, you're going to have, mm-hmm. you know, you're, first of all, you're going to shorten the game. Right. You're winning. Yep. Obviously, you're getting eight yards to carry and you're not winning. Right. There's something wrong. There's something wrong, with your yeah. Defense yeah, there's and, something wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so why would you throw? I mm. mean, because I love to throw the ball. As a matter of fact, I think my last year here, we probably set a lot of passing records that are still here as far as you are. I've heard that, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's mm. – Two things can happen when you throw a ball. Three can happen. Right. You know, two of them are bad. Yes. Incomplete. In- interceptions even worse. Yeah. So. I agree. So what's the first play you install, Coach? What's the first one you're going to? Uh, 32 wham. Okay. Second play. My dives. Dives. Okay. And off with well, dives and off tackle. I'll probably do those. The like same your day. kick play. Yeah, with kick play. Yeah. Okay. Off tackle power play. Then I'll add. You know. As the week goes on, we'll put the double leads with the halfbacks mm-hmm. and the, you know, the misdirection with the cross bucks in. And mm-hmm. once we get those in, that's pretty much our offense. Then we'll start working on the dog play, our quick pitch mm-hmm. with the tackle pulling. That's been very good to us mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And if these kids come out that signed up, we're supposed to have a lot of speed coming up. So You said you had 80 kids that signed up. Had 80 kids sign up. Uh, now, whether – We'll get 80 kids. I wonder how many of them actually came out because they went out of class. You know. Well, saying? of course, yes, of course. But yes. uh, if we get 35 to 40 kids, mm. yeah. But tell you what, I'm worried about this year though is helmets. Uh, we haven't got our new helmets that we ordered. Okay, now we have. Okay, helmets, okay. But if I don't, if I don't get some helmets and I can't fit every kid, mm. I may actually have to cut for the first time. I've never had to cut. Mm. I don't, I don't like cutting in middle school mm-hmm. because you may cut a kid who may end up being a star up here. Lots of times the stars at the middle school aren't the stars at the high school. Coach, that is – we should write that on the board and just keep it up there because that is so true. 
you know, and I try to tell the kids that I said, you know, guys, just because you're not a starter now, and I can go back over the years and mm-hmm. look at kids. Well, I'll use the example of Scott Trent, one football player. I coached basketball at the middle school. Mm-hmm. Scott Trent was a big kid who he tall, six two or three in, in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was big back then. But he he was like a baby colt. He couldn't walk and chew gum. Mm-hmm. But you know, love basketball. You can tell he wanted to play the game. Well, we kept 15 kids back then. The first 10 were easy. The last sure. five were hard. Okay. Yeah. So what I did is I started looking. You know, here's a tall kid. Here's a tall kid. Why don't we keep a couple of these tall kids who can't even dribble hardly right now? Work with them. Yeah. And maybe yeah. someday down the road. Well, Scott, you know, yeah, you know, he wasn't a starter necessarily, but you know, he started playing a little as he, you know the season went on, got better. We came up here, ended up being, you know, I think all state going to Fairmont State play basketball. Wow. So. Hmm. That's that's a great point because or AB wherever he went, but he went ended up being a college basketball player. Yeah, I was the same way. I was I was like a cow on ice in middle school. I grew so fast, and then yeah. my body d- didn't know what to do. Yeah, that's so that's so true. So helmets, it's still the same deal we had last year because we're we're short a couple XLs. We have them ordered, but we're hoping they come I've in had, here soon. I've had orders. My order went out in November. Still have not gotten them. Oh my gosh. And Joe Wilty, I talked to him from Zods, and he said nobody's getting them. He said the plants are just, they, they can't get the parts. The shortage of T-bolts, you know, the bolts on the oh, okay. shortage of whatever thing else there is. Anything that's made pretty much mm. in China is not, not coming over. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Communist conspiracy coach. Oh, man. That's what my old coaches would say. It's a communist conspiracy. They're holding our helmet parts so we can't play American football. Um, right. I'm sure <laughs> I say that in jest, of course. Uh, but, man, that's, it's interesting. I was reading. And of course, last year we had the helmet issue. We both were talking about that. And this right. year, it's not like it's even much better. But that's not something people outside of like the coaching world would know, but it is still an issue. Well, and it's an issue. If you can't put a kid in a helmet, they can't play football. Right. And we we may be limited to the number of kids we have on the team on the helmets that we can pick. And now we have mm-hmm. you know, close to 50 helmets. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can have 50 kids playing because those helmets have to be fitted right. to the kid. And if you can't order, we used to be, if you didn't get a helmet, <clears throat> Zods would have it here in two or three days. Right. You know, you'd just say, okay, you know, they pre-fit a kid with another helmet. Right. And he'd send that helmet already fitted with those dimensions to us. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work like that now with the shortage. I mean, mm-hmm. we ordered six helmets last year. We got them in December. Yeah, you know, that we had to have on kids. They were. Oh, my gosh. It didn't do us any good. Yeah. Luckily, we were able to scramble and find it, get everybody fitted last year, all 43. Mm-hmm. May not be that lucky this year. If you need extras, coach, we got you. Well, I hope so. I hope so. We and, have uh, we have plenty of larges and mediums now. We have to order XLs. Is, we can't share with you guys because we wear a youth helmet in middle school. Can they wear our helmets though? They can. We can wear varsity helmet easily. Right. Yes. Okay. Can, you guys just can't wear the youth helmet. Yeah. At the varsity level. Right. But if you need them, coach, we got you. I hope so. I hope so. Um, um, we've got pl- actually we've got plenty of the extra large. Last year it was large that we needed. Yeah. We had to order seven larges last year. Yeah. I mean, after we helmet fitted, we need two XLs because we got some kids with some bucket heads. <laughs> well, what happened was there was an error right before when I was up here. There weren't any helmets ordered. I, I try to order five to ten every year. Just right, you should. Basis. Yeah. So when those ones that you can't use anymore get out, you have a nice stock still. Right. Well, the, right before, that gap between when I wasn't there and stuff, there weren't any helmets ordered. So uh, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of them came. Just boom, see gone. Ya. So yeah. about 20 of them were gone. 
and we had to replace them at the same time. Well, when those went bad, we lost 20 again. Uh, 20 again. Yeah. So, we, you know, we we're trying to get that build back up. Well, when you can't order them, you can't build it back up. Yeah. 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 It's, people, and again, people who don't coach football wouldn't know that. You have to order it right every now, year. Don't order a set of uniforms either. Really? Think about where they're all made. Oh, that's true. Uh, it's, I, I had, that's one reason I went with a custom uniform. Mm. It cost us more money at the time. But that custom uniform is if I need two jerseys, I can order two jerseys. If I if I need oh. five pair of pants, I can order five pair of pants, pair of pants and yeah. they're exactly the same and they never are discontinued. Mm. So if you order these, you know, beautiful fancy uniforms, they're usually on a five year discontinuation. Yes. Because they so, want you to buy a new set after five years. That's exactly right. So you're better off ordering a custom uniform. Now, there's no reason you can't down the road, you know, right. keep your custom uniform and maybe buy a Sure. Special uniforms, things like gas, special jersey or something, mm. and use them. But you always have that custom uniform. You always be able to get them. Mm. I love your gray face mask that you guys have. If it wasn't so expensive to change the color, we would change ours. But it's so yeah. damn expensive. We went, back, we went back old school. Golly, yeah. it looks so good. It's like Notre Dame. Notre Dame has the gray face mask. Yeah, we, I love uh, it. We are old school. It's starting to become the retirement home for old coaches. I call it down. Oh my gosh! You know, we got Jim Gregory. You know, he's coach forever. Myself, it's coach forever. Now we got Coach Vincent down there. And, coach, uh, coach Vincent's bench press. It's going to be interesting to see who we pick up for Jeremiah since he's coming up with you. That's, yeah, it because. Is Coach Vincent just working out before practice, getting his swole on? Is that what he's doing before oh, practice? Oh, yeah, he comes, he comes all greased up. <laughs> he's know, all greased up. Guns out, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm going to have to send a link to this podcast to him. Be like, Coach Vincent, we're cracking on you yeah, here. Nah, on the- he's, you know, uh, Eddie, is, we, have, we have a lot of fun down there. It's, yeah. it's a fun time. It's And that's the beauty of middle school football. You know, mm-hmm. we're all past the point where we really want to get into the that pressure and the heat and yeah. you know, all that stuff of, you know, Friday nights. And yeah. it's, it's neat to take a kid and just mold them. Mm. Because most of them are blank slates. Mm-hmm. You know, they, some played little league, some didn't. But mm. for the most part, you know, it's neat to see a kid, especially that's never played football. Mm. About the third, fourth game, all of a sudden that light bulb goes in. Oh, I understand what coach wants me to do. Right. The game starts to slow down for them. Mm. You know, before they have to, at their first three or four games, they're like, I, I can't believe this is this fast. Even mm. middle school is fast to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and the same way the freshmen come up here, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, wait. This this is a lot faster than what I'm used to down yeah, there. This is different. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's cool. So, Coach, talk about your colors, too, because up here at the high school, we're royal blue and white. But the middle school, y'all went back to the original colors. Well, original color for Buchanan Upshire was navy forever. Yeah. And it was Coach Zopp who actually wanted to go to the royal blue. Mm, okay. And uh, he, so we were the first team in – we only wore it for one game. It was Morgantown my senior year. He ordered these beautiful mesh practice jerseys, the, fish, the old fishnet. Remember the fishnet? Oh, yeah. From the late 70s, early Yes, 80s. yes. So it was a practice jersey. It had McCann written across there. Of course, it had a number on it, but it was a hot night at Morgantown. We went up there, and here we were sporting these. You know, still had the you know the navy stripe on the pants, but these beautiful royal blue jerseys, fishnet. I mean, literally fishnet, not mesh. Oh, my like gosh. Fishnet. And, uh, you know, it's a solid you know, sleeve. It had the cannon written across the front and big numbers on them and mm. some numbers on the sleeve. And, oh, Morgantown was just like, oh, man. And they were in the Those old are cool. hot, you know, mesh, thick old oh, mesh jerseys. Yeah, they said, you know, it was, it was a psychological game with Coach Zop. He wanted mm. to do that. We we literally changed uniforms at halftime if it was a muddy game. Oh, wow. We would put new, new uh, white or blue jerseys on. We had oh, two wow. sets of jerseys for each. So you you guys were rocking the Royal and the Navy at the same time. Yes. 
<laughs> that is crazy. But the, that jersey you see that we have now is actually what the 66 and 63 teams were. Okay. That, the, that we bottled out after their teams. The only thing a little different about it was we didn't use the actual red number. Their numbers were red on the blue jersey. Okay. We went with the white so you could see it. Yeah. You couldn't see the red on the blue. Yeah, no, it was outlined in white, but you couldn't really see it. That's hard. I- I remember we would play teams down in the Canal Valley, and they would do the same color deal. So blue jersey, like Capital did this, it'd be blue jersey, blue number, white outline. I think they've out they've outlawed that now, but yeah. it was impossible to tell what number is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, who is that? It's like Boise State in the, in the Smurf turf. Yeah, they're hiding defenders because the turf is blue. That's so that's wild. Yeah, but uh, now that. For years, Buchanan has been Navy. Now, of course, we were Royal up here, and we went with the Royal in the end. But there's no reason you couldn't go back, I mean, mm. if Rick would let you. Yeah, of course, you know. Mm. I know most of the middle school teams are now going back to the Navy. It's going to be kind of our thing. You know, it looks thing. good. Yeah. yeah. I always like the Navy with a little touch of red in it, even though red's not an official collar. Right. It comes from the old Tenerton High School. Yeah. You know. oh, okay. So those teams combined, actually, during World War II. That's when they first really started combining. Mm. And they just continued to play as a combined team mm-hmm. up until – the merger, mm-hmm. which was, I think, 1956 is when they actually went okay. to the, first, the high school down there. Once they had built the two wings onto the side of Tenerton mm-hmm. High School in okay. the gym. Hmm. And, uh, and then, of course, the shop building was out back. But, hmm. uh, and then the football shack was built in 1963, like I said. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty much how it stands today. That's awesome. That is awesome. Coach, thank you for coming this uh, morning and talking with us. Yeah, like you said, you know, it's football since 1907. 1907. Holy 1907. cow. In, in 2007, we had celebrated 100 consecutive seasons. Our helmet decals, the BU, mm-hmm. 100 seasons. That's so cool. So it was, uh, it was a neat thing. I, you know, they, uh, they, town really embraced that, you mm-hmm. know, that 100 seasons. And it was kind of neat. And it, what's neat about it, it's consecutive seasons. Never has Buchanan not oh, played wow. a season. A lot of schools during World War II didn't play football. Didn't play. Okay. Yeah. I think Fairmont West even missed a year because they didn't have enough players. Mm. But we always managed to field a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. That got, goes along with actually on the back of our fundraiser shirts, it says Team 114, and that's because you told me it was it's the 114th team. Yeah. And yeah. So credit goes to you, Coach, for that yeah, one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, no, it's 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 a special thing here. We, if you grew up in Buchanan mm. during the 60s and 70s, it was a special time. It really mm. was, even into the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the one of the dominant teams in the state, and sure. you didn't talk about football in West Virginia without mentioning Buchanan somehow. Mm. And, and it'd be nice to get back to that. It's gonna be tough. It's a different world, different society, yeah. different different culture than what's here. Back then, we had a lot of industry, coal mines. Mm-hmm. You know, we had more business forms. We had Cohart. It was big. We had Cloud made pipe, uh, mm. and probably eight or nine big working underground coal mines. Not to mention all the strip mines mm-hmm. and oil and gas in the seventies and early eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, they started drilling for natural gas mm-hmm. around here, and, and gas boomed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of money. Matter of fact, gas was booming when we did the stadium. A lot of uh, ten thousand okay. and five thousand dollar donations came from people working in oil and gas in their companies. Yeah, yeah. making all kinds of money. Yeah. Coach Bacourt was telling me about that, making all kinds of money in oil and gas. Yeah. That's good stuff. Trouble is, when oil and gas dies, so yeah. your money dies. Yeah, that's true. Man. Coach, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, this I is really good. Do. This is good. We should we'll do this as a regular thing. We'll get the coach chips wisdom on the no, on the podcast. I don't know how much wisdom you're gonna get, but awesome.